Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Rewind. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Rewind right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez, they call me Speed Spitting Statistician, with Jim Day, Fantasy Taz. We spent the last hour, Jim, talking about the NFC, how nobody in the NFC North wanted it. Nobody, you know, all the big boys seem to go down. You know, the, the New Orleans Saints go down on Thursday night. The Bears lose in overtime here in New York. We'll see what happens in the NFC East. But the NFC uh, West is settled science, huh, Jim? Absolutely. The Los Angeles Rams, first team to clinch the, their division this year, uh, 11-1, and one, uh, taking the NFC West, uh, you know, after they won uh, over Detroit today, two consecutive titles for the Rams. And, man, uh, if he isn't, uh, you know, a top name for Coach of the Year again, I just think there's something wrong. Sean McVay is, is just doing everything right. Now, I completely agree with you, and I'll take it a step forward. Uh, I'll take it a step further than that, Jim. You know, I'm saying also, I'm a Jets fan, all right? And I think Todd Bowles is dead man walking. The Cleveland yeah. Browns have already made a move. You know what I mean? I think that you can see that what happened with a guy like Jared Goff and that offense when they went from Jeff 8-8 eight and eight Fisher to a guy yeah. like Sean McVay, and you see the change in, say, Goff and that entire offense, right? And you see now, say, like the same thing with Trubisky in Chicago, all these young quarterbacks that need you know in Philadelphia you see Wentz I'm telling the Jets and I'm telling the Browns right now you absolutely must when you make your next head coach hire get one of these you know kind of I don't want to necessarily say hot shot college guys but you have to be with the times here in order to support your young quarterback Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield respectively this is the only way it's going in the NFL in 2018 correct Jim well, it's the only way that's working right now. And, you know, the one thing we do know, it's very cyclical. Things come sure. come in and really work for a while, and then they stop not working as consistently, and then change is made. But that's still the great thing about having young, innovative coaches is that they'll roll with those changes. A lot of times what we've seen is with these old-time coaches is they get so set in their ways that, you know, no matter what's going on around them, they're going to stick to their philosophy. And that's the one thing you just can't do. You you need to be able to adapt in this league and move with whatever's working. And a lot of these old-time coaches just don't have that. Uh, when you see these coaches with these big tenures, uh, you know, like Marvin Lewis, guys mm-hmm. like that, it, it's time to make a change from top to bottom and really just start over. Yep. And you talk about, here's the thing, you say it's cyclical, and I agree with you to a certain extent, Jim, but you know what I think is breaking the cycle? Is the way the rules are obviously skewed right now in the NFL, and the way... 
Exactly. And this is and the, and the quote unquote guise of player safety and pass interference, you know, and this sort of stuff. I think that sort of breaks the cycle. I, I completely agree with you. There were, you know, the 2000 Ravens and the Tampa Bay Bucks and the Denver Broncos and Seattle Seahawks of a more recent vintage, let's say. But I don't know that that's going to happen anymore. We talk about the Jaguars, the Bears, the current, you know, ilk of the Ravens. Is there really any kind of just lockdown drop? dead defense there's instead in my opinion defenses who have players that can make plays and wreck games at any point in time but that's different than like the cycle again turning towards defense no i i agree i mean legion and boom you know right. uh, and you know like the 86 uh bears 85 bears mm-hmm. you know defenses like that it's just hard to come by and like you say with the rules all bending towards the offensive in like again, air quotes, safety reasons, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's providing a lot more offensive leeway for them. So, you know, that I find there will be games like we saw today, and I'm sure we'll talk about That's where we're gonna the go. Jaguars yep. shutting down, you know, Andrew Luck, a red hot Andrew Luck and the Colts. Uh, it's still going to happen from time to time, but it's not something you can count on every week. We've seen these great defenses get totally obliterated at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I would say. Just when you thought, you know, the Ravens defense were studly, look what happens. Just when you thought the Bears defense was a new, you know, kind of uh, uh, hearkening back to the monsters of the midway, look what happens to them. Can they make plays? Yes. And is it possible that Joey Bozo or Melvin Ingram, you know, concuss Patty Mahomes? Yes. Is it possible that Khalil Mack, you know, injures Jared Goff's Achilles in the divisional round? Yes. Oh God, don't even say but that. But outside that. of that. I'm talking about that. <laughs> but outside of that, I think it's going to be one of these offensive teams that do it because what we saw today, Jim, is an outlier. What we saw today, however, was, to your point, a red-hot Andrew Luck who for something like seven or eight games in a row had thrown three putts touchdowns. They get squad douche against the Jacksonville Jaguars who win 6 nothing. Didn't really help my DFS stack today, Jim. Oh no, not at all. This was uh, uh, yeah. Again, th- th- this is from the the realm of there's no way you saw this coming. Coming, um, <laughs> it just right. a- a- every Sunday there's always something that comes out of the woodwork that I don't care how good you are at this at what we do. There's no way you could have seen it coming. This is one of those games. Do you know? Do I think the Jaguars are a good defense? Can they slow the Colts down? Absolutely. Shutting the Colts down with the way Luck has been playing. There's no way I saw that coming. I was calling Andrew Luck a fringe MVP candidate because of the heater he was on over the last two months. Well, the same thing was said for Drew Brees, and look what happened to him Thursday night. Same thing. I mean, Dallas came out with the perfect game plan to stop Drew Brees. Jacksonville came out with the perfect game plan to stop Indianapolis today. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're still okay. If you had Eric Ebron, you still take his 10 catches for 81 yards in PPR oh, formats. Yeah. Same same for a guy like T.Y. Hilton. Same for a guy like Naheem Hines also. If you had him, if you were a little bit worried about Marlon Mack coming out of the concussion protocol. But let me ask you about the Jaguars offense. People have been asking me, you know, about their wide receivers. Should I ever, you know, start or roster a guy like Moncrief or Westbrook? And I've always said, I want no part of this Jacksonville offense. And you can't even figure out which running back is going to be in with, you know, Fournette's uh, in and out season. No, and that's absolutely right. The 
First of all, the wide receivers totally agree with you. I, I mean, if I gun to my head, if I had to pick one, it'd be Dante Moncrief uh, out of the bunch. But even then, no reliability, no way you could trust him, uh, especially now that we're into the playoffs. No way I would start any one of these guys, uh, especially now that Cody Kessler's in there. Right. So um, doesn't really help the fact at all. And again, Fournette, I mean, we talked about a little bit this morning and, you know, how stupid do you have to be to go out there in a play you're not in and start throwing punches? Uh, not only that, but throwing punches against a guy who's got a full helmet on and a full <laughs> face mask. Um, especially when you're about to get the ball at the one-yard line, he would have had his third touchdown of the game. Sure, Jacksonville probably would have go- goes on to win that game. But instead, he jumps onto the field to be a big man, get into a fight, gets thrown out of the game, costs Jacksonville the game. You know, who's the adult in that locker room? Another game. Who's the adult in that locker room? I don't know if there is one. You know, and and isn't that part of it? I mean. That's maybe. maybe yeah, but that's not like they need a player in there. You know, oh, Calais no, Campbell, you know, that sort of thing. I mean, like they're pop, they're popping off at GQ magazine. I say the same thing about like Jameis Winston at times. Like if they're winning, yeah, he could ride high. But you need someone on that team that's going to be, you know, through thick and thin, that's going to be able to really like, you know, um, show some maturity and pull the chain of some of these guys. You know, and like you said, you see what Leonard Fournette's doing. You see what Jalen Ramsey's doing. They they have the talent. You know, but it's just like they, they need to, I think, mature. Obviously, they need a quarterback, but and they'll get one in the offseason. I personally believe Joe Flacco is going to be the starting quarterback for the Jaguars next year. Um, but well, like, does that really help them, though? <laughs> I think it does. Honestly, if you have a game manager that doesn't turn the ball over with that defense and with Leonard Fournette playing 16 games, yes, I absolutely do. This organization did a disservice this season. I mean, Jim, if this team had. Alex Smith or Terod Taylor as their quarterback, they'd be in playoff contention right now. Uh, probably better bet. I, I totally agree with that. Um, yeah, never been a, a Bortles guy. The you fact know. that they paid he him. He had again. three good games at the end of last yeah. year and a good half against New England. And they thought that they could extrapolate that into a Super Bowl contending season. Well, it worked for Bortles. He got paid. <laughs> I guess. Outside of that, it didn't work for the Jaguars. It was a, another stupid move. And, you know, again, this is another organization I, I think needs to be dismantled and started over. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I just don't think they have much right going on here at all. Yeah, and listen, one high-flying offense, the Indianapolis Colts, was in fact grounded. So we see that the Jags have it in them. Uh, we'll see if, you know, but with a 4-8 and eight season, they are not going anywhere. The other high-flying offense of the AFC, Jim, is the Kansas City Chiefs, and they get a win. They go to 10-2. and two. They go f- uh, win 40-33 to 33 against the Oakland Raiders. Patty Mahomes, four touchdown passes. And whatever you think, obviously, there is the Kareem Hunt um, issue late in the week. But a lot of people thought that Spencer Ware was going to be able to be plug and play, Jim. And here's my question. Was he? Because, I mean, he had 47 yards and a touchdown on the ground. He gets you, you know, only a little one catch in the passing game. But because of the touchdown, it kind of saves you. If you went and made the move to where, you did all right, right? Yeah, just all right, though. Uh, Most people, myself included, I thought he was going to be in for a big game. Uh, Let's face it. Great matchup Uh, against Oakland. 
Yeah, right. You, you had to figure that they'd get involved. At the very least, Kansas City get up early, and they'd run him a lot and get him involved that way. Uh, it's still only 14 carries. So, yeah, I, definitely not what we expected, but at least he got you to the double digits. Not a total dud. Yeah, absolutely. On the other side of things, you were talking about Jalen Richard. He comes, you know, they get him out of mothballs, uh, 95 yards on the ground, and then another 31 via the air. You remember, you were the one saying that garbage time and just look at the box score at the end. It doesn't matter about how the sausage is made, right, Jim? Absolutely right. You'll take whatever you can get. And, you know, Doug Martin had that early fumble it, that mm-hmm. hurt him. And all of a sudden, Richard's carrying the ball and doing well. Had to ripped off that nice 30 yard run. Uh, you know, it looked good. Average 15.8 yards per carry. You know, not something he, can, you know, it's going to happen all the time. It just happened to work against a Kansas City defense that's not very good. So it worked out well for him today. You know, even Doug Martin ended up paying off today. He had 61 rushing yards and a touchdown on the ground. Uh, caught two passes for six yards. You know, so he got you 13, 14 points fantasies-wise. Uh, you know, that's what you're looking for. You take that from him if you had to start him. But once again, Jared Cook comes up with a big game. Look, yeah. uh, Oakland, Oakland looked like they were, they were going to be out of this game early. And then they came fighting back. I mean, I really sure. didn't expect that at all. Uh, you know, for the fact that they got it to, to within a one-score game was amazing to me. But scoring 17 points in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they were trying to get back into this game. you got to give them credit for that. A few weeks ago, everybody was calling them quitters after that Thursday night game where they just, you know, laid it down right. to San Francisco. But they've been playing hard since then. They're not winning, but they're playing hard. And it, it, look, it looks almost like they got some pride back. Maybe the Giants should take a lesson out of them to play hard but also lose. That's the lose, way yes, to lose. go about it. Jared Cook continues his renaissance season, seven for 100 and a touchdown. Even Jordy Nelson getting involved with 10 catches for 97 yards. Carr, three touchdowns, no picks, 285 yards. Uh, you'll take that effort from him if you're in a super flex league as well. But I got to ask you about Travis Kelsey, Jim. I mean, 12 catches, 168 yards, two touchdowns, especially juxtaposed against what I was just saying, how like Gronk is probably done, you know, and how like, the back issues will catch up to you. Rob Gronkowski by himself has been a second or third round pick as a tight end stud you know, in fantasy drafts for the last, I would say, what, four or five years, Jim? Uh, Longer than that. Okay. So next year, 2019, I ask you, first of all, who do you draft first, Kelsey or Ertz? And do you see both of them maybe going in like the third round next year? I, I do. I don't think anything's going to change for the two of them. They're, they've solidified right. themselves as the top. But are, in that, are they both in that territory now where you're going to see them maybe I, I going like the third are. round? Absolutely. Uh, you know, we may even see Kelsey go into that second round. Mm-hmm. Ertz is still – look, the, the the difference here between the two for me, while I think they're both playing Touchdowns outstanding right now. No, not even that. It, it's the injury history with Ertz. Mm-hmm. You okay. have a much bigger injury worry with Ertz than you do with Kelsey. So gives Kelsey the edge. Kelsey right now is absolutely the top tight end in fantasy football if I'm looking forward right now. The, you know, like you said, Gronk – Maybe done. This might be his last year. Yeah. Um, especially if Brady. And there's no reason for it well. either. I mean, he he can make as much money as he wants being a spokesman, being an actor. There's no oh, reason. Yeah. He's got his Super Bowls. He's in the Hall of Fame. Like, there's literally no reason for Gronk to subject himself to this anymore. Yeah, but, you know, it, if you've been playing this game all your life, it is hard to walk away. Sure, uh, but it, he is it, one it, of the few players in the NFL, game. right, who's like – 
he'll be all right. You know what I mean? And he oh, can yeah, find yeah. himself around the game however the hell he damn well pleases, and he'll be fine, you know? And I mean, just like he's one of the lucky ones who can actually – people recognize him without a helmet on, you know? So he's he's got a whole future ahead of him. And if he has to have another fourth back surgery, maybe that's a little bit different. Like the man should just enjoy his life. No, and I'm right there with you. <laughs> totally agree with that. You don't want to play it so long as to where, you know, when you're done playing, you can't move. Yep, absolutely. All right, so there are the Chiefs, right? They get their win. With the with the Indianapolis Colts falling back and not scoring, I think this opens up the door, Jim, to Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens, okay? I know we got to go to break, but the Ravens get a 26-16 to 16 win. They go to 7-5, and five, and I've heard everything from it's Lamar Jackson time to that next week they may front like they're a college team and literally give Flacco and Lamar Jackson like alternating drives, something like that. I ask you, here's the numbers that I need to know about this, Jim. Lamar Jackson is 3-0 and as the Ravens starter, and Joe Flacco was 4-5. and That's the only data points I need. Do you agree, my friend? No, and Ooh. I'll tell you why. Well, um, do me a favor. Yeah. Tell me why after the commercial break. Can we, will, like, in our that. journalism business, we call that a tease, you know right. what I mean? So for everybody right now that's watching, you know, or listening to Fantasy Football Rewind, I don't care what you're watching. What we are going to tell you about is right when we come back, I think it's time for Lamar Jackson. Jim Day does not think it is time for Lamar Jackson. I'm the spitting statistician, but he's fantasy Taz, so he's probably going to be right. Figure what he uses as his argument when we come back. It's Fantasy Football Rewind right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Welcome back. Fantasy Football Rewind here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Jim, I got to let people know, it's really put up or shut up time for many people as they try to advance to their fantasy football playoffs. While NFL teams themselves are trying to be settling things between the lines, you can get in on all that on-field action by heading over to BetDSI, where you'll find the user-friendly web interface and mobile site and the fastest payouts in the industry. Open a new BetDSI account, use the promo code FNTSY18, and you'll get a 100% bonus match. That's double your money to start winning today. Get an edge and utilize live betting at BetDSI. 
You can wager virtually any time during a contest, capitalizing on in-game happenings and circumstances. Like in the NBA, you know everybody makes a run. BetDSI has been paying winners for 20 years. They have great customer service, fast, easy payment of their winnings. Use your sports knowledge and the information we're giving you right here on this show to make some money over at BetDSI. And don't forget to use the promo code FNTSY18 when signing up to get your 100% deposit bonus match. All right, Jim, I'm talking about the Ravens. They get a win 26-16 in Atlanta against the Falcons to go to 7-5 and five on the season. Lamar Jackson, 125 yards through the air, another 75 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Jim, in my opinion, Lamar Jackson, I mean, he's undefeated as a team. This was a tough test on him. They're getting more film on him. Blah, blah, blah. He gives them something the Ravens haven't had. He does. Absolutely does. He's a dynamic young quarterback who runs well. Until he can pass well, I, I think he's still got a lot to learn. Um, and he's not there yet. And the reason I say that, he, you know, everybody's talking about he should be the starter going forward. And, you know, Flacco's done there. And I don't buy that totally yet just because uh, the big reason is not so what so much what he's done so far. 3-0 and is nice, but not the greatest teams he's beat. Cincinnati, Oakland, and now Atlanta. And while we think of Atlanta as a great team, they're not playing great this year. They are now 4-8, and eight, yeah. uh, and they are a reeling team. Um, so not, not big numbers there. They're just – while Matt Ryan is having a great year, this team is not. So next week, Baltimore plays Kansas City. The thing I have against Jackson is if Baltimore is – is able their defense is able to keep Kansas City in the game if they're able to really slow down that offense and keep Baltimore's offense in the game then Jackson is the guy I want playing but if for any reason Kansas City gets over the top of Baltimore Jackson doesn't have the tools to play catch up he's not going to be able to do it all on the ground he doesn't throw well enough to get these receivers involved to play catch-up, at that point, you have to give the ball back to Joe Flacco and give him the shot to throw the ball downfield. I hear what you're saying, Jim, and don't get me wrong. I agree with you that Lamar Jackson is not equipped to bring a team back from a deficit once the game script is such that he's got to start throwing the ball. I completely acknowledge and agree with you. I'm just saying I think Lamar Jackson, in generally speaking, gives the Ravens the best chance to win. He's, di- he's demonstrated that over the last month. And while Kansas City presents unique kind of game script challenges, shall we say. I don't necessarily think that you implement one plan just for week 14 in Arrowhead that's different than the way you would approach it. And if it's time to pass the baton to Lamar, then it's time to pass the baton to Lamar. Like after Kansas City, they've got Tampa at home, which they could win a huge game against the Chargers, which should be a battle for wildcard positioning, and finishing at home against Cleveland. Uh, You know, if the time is now, then let him get as many snaps as possible even if he tapes his lumps in Arrowhead. So you're saying even if Chiefs get up on, on top, you're okay losing the game. Just He's going to have to yeah. keep your guy get in there. Because here's my here's the thing. Here's the, here's the big secret, uh, Jim. I don't think Joe Flacco is equipped to bring a team back and stay and stick with the Chiefs anyway. You know what I mean? So like, it's not like that. Making that switch, if we're going to be honest about it, is really going to make them beat the Chiefs in Kansas City, in my opinion. So I think you know you need to like express confidence in the young man and like settle it, just so that you don't have this kind of back and forth thing, like we're seeing with say the Buccaneers with Jamison. Fitzpatrick and I get that 
But okay. if they felt that way, why are they already coming out and saying we may use both? See, so they're, they want they're, to I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I get what you're saying. If he's going to be your guy, then go with your guy. Take your lumps when you take your lumps. I get all that. But mm-hmm. the team itself hasn't made that statement. You know, they're, they're talking about Flacco. Oh, he, he's almost ready to be going, and we're not sure what's going to happen there. And, you know, in the press conference today, the coach is like, well, Jackson has done enough to be starter going forward. But then afterward we hear, oh, well, we may end up playing both of them next week. So they're, they're throwing, you know, the same smoke as everybody else. They're not sure what they're going to do at this point. So doesn't that also, you know, not give the confidence that you want to give to your starting guy now with Jackson? Doesn't that really hedge your bets against him? It does, and for the last couple of weeks, they could use Flacco's injury status as kind of cover, but those days are going to be over pretty soon. Let me ask you about this uh, in this game real quick because there's plenty of other games I want to talk about. I, you know, you talk about the Atlanta Falcons who now fall to 4-8. and eight. Yes, you said Matt Ryan had been having a great fantasy season, but not today. He went 16-26 to 26 for 131 yards. You know, Julio, Julio defecates the mattress on this one, only two for 18 but my question is really about the running back position you know they lose Devontae Freeman early in the season Jim Tevin Coleman goes six carries for eight yards Edo Smith not much better if you take out one 11 yard run he had it was six carries for 11 yards I mean what does this team what do the Falcons do in the offseason here like they're wedded to a guy in Devontae Freeman who has a big contract who you know is often injured. Tevin Coleman is a free agent. Uh, what is this team going to do? Might they cut Devontae and go after Le'Veon Bell? Like, what are they going to do to this offense? They're at a crossroads when they have Matt Ryan and the window open with him and Julio. Yeah, you would think they would want to make, make something happen. I, I really thought they were going to try and do something at the trade deadline, I'll be honest with you, mm. uh, because Coleman has never been that guy. He, he hasn't really shown he can step up and be the number right. one. He's been a Robin just fine, but not a Batman. Yeah, right. And Edo Smith, I mean, everybody loved him when he came out the first couple of games and, and kept scoring those short touchdowns, but that's all he was good for. He wasn't really doing much of anything else, and that trend continues. Um, so they need to do something. I don't know if they're going to be able to get out from under Freeman's contract or not. I guess right. it depends on how that's set up. But they you know, just signed it, so they're kind of stuck with it, I think. Uh, I'd have to go really take a hard look yeah. at it and just don't do that yet. But if they're stuck with it, then, you know, they need to get him healthy and get him right. But, man, it is definitely a concern moving forward. Losing Coleman doesn't really kill you. Having Edo Smith, you know, he's a good backup, uh, number three type of guy more than right. anything else. So, uh, you know, they need Freeman. If they don't have Freeman, it's going to be a tough go. You know, but but you, you think about guys like him, guys like, say, a Jay Ajayi, maybe a Dalvin Cook and others that you just really can't have faith in them from a year-to-year basis. Another team that I think needs to address the running back position potentially as a final piece, and to be quite honest, Jim, the place where I do, in fact, think Mr. Bell will be toiling next season is also the hottest team in the AFC. Now winners of nine in a row. I'm talking about the Houston Texans, who get a 29-13 to win today. Deshaun Watson goes 22 of 31 for 224 yards and a touchdown. And what do you know? Lamar Miller doesn't suck anymore, Jim. 19 (laughs) carries, 103 yards. Is this something that I can believe in is real from Lamar Miller? 
Hey, it looks like he's getting better holes to run through. Maybe this offensive line is starting to gel a little bit more in the rushing attack. And, you know, we're starting to see him get to that second level without being get, getting hit a lot. And, you know, that's what, always where he's done his damage. Get him to the second level, give him a little open field, and he could beat you. There's no doubt about it. Getting to that level has been what's been hard on him this season. So it looks like they're finally starting to open up some holes for him, and he is running well. They're they're getting him involved in, in this offense, and they need him to be involved, take a little bit of pressure off Watson, make him not have to run as much because of the hits he was just taking early in the season were just killing him. Um, you know, and when you get, you know, somebody like DeAndre Hopkins out there always helps. Still confused on the way they're using Demarius Thomas. I have to yeah. be honest there. I really thought he'd be a much bigger, uh, you know, much more used player in this offense, especially with Kiki Kute continuing to fight injuries. They used him in the red zone a lot last week. You know, he had the two touchdown catches, and I thought that was going to be it for a little bit. But then you thought he would, you know, kind of take advantage of this opportunity this week, especially, like you mentioned, without Kiki QT. He only goes for three catches for 32 yards. But, Jim, what if I told you that the Texans do not have a team that's 500 or above on their schedule for the rest of the season? They are now at 9-3, and three, and when I know that the Patriots and the Steelers have to play each other still, in week 15, is it possible that the Texans can have started off the season 0-3 and, and still find themselves even potentially with a first-round bye in the AFC? Oh, it's possible. It's absolutely possible. I, I don't – man, I, I don't know. I'm having a hard time seeing that, but it's absolutely possible. They are playing good football, and like you said, their matchups going forward are really nice on paper. Uh, That's the reason why. That's the reason yeah. I see it. I'll give you Kansas City, Jim, as the one, right? But literally, they are 9-3 and three right now, Jim. They have a huge game against Indianapolis next week, then the Jets, the Eagles, and the Jaguars. I mean, you know, they have three losses. Right now, New England has three losses. Pittsburgh has, you know, two and a half losses, whatever, and they face mm-hmm. each other. Yeah, no, no, I, I totally agree. I, I'm not saying that. Uh, I'm more worried about, you know, whether or not they can hold up over that long right. term. And I, I don't know. It, it's they're playing good football. There's no doubt about it. You, you don't play good football and win, not play good football and win nine games in a row. It just doesn't happen. They're playing good football. They're doing what they have to do to win. And the schedule is very nice to them going forward. Could it happen? Absolutely. Freaking lutely. They're, you know, only uh, one game behind the Chiefs for yep. the number one seed at this point. So absolutely can happen. I just don't know if they get there. Yeah, we'll see. On the other side of things here, the Cleveland Browns. Help me figure something out. I was going full chub everywhere, Jim, but he only gets 31 yards. He does get in the end zone, and you can't complain about the 3 for 41 in the passing game, but it still feels like he underperformed versus what he's been doing over the last month or so. Well, it, it, this was total game script. <laughs> you okay. know, he was game scripted out of the rushing yardage right away uh, as Houston went up up early. You know, right. they had a 23 nothing. 23 nothing at halftime, half yeah. Yeah, right. So, you know, at that point, he was totally scripted. He, he's been getting 20 carries a game. He only got nine today, and that was total game script, and that really what played into it. He was lucky to salvage the fantasy game that he did. So, you know, he didn't crush your fantasy hopes. If you got him there, you know, he still got you, uh, what is it, uh, 7, 10, 16 points. Not complaining about that. You'll take that. That's nice, you know, RV2 numbers any day of the week. 
But, it, you know, the game script really took him out of the rushing attempts in this one. And, you know, Houston's defense really came up big and, and played well. The good thing here was Jarvis Landry getting big back yeah. involved. Six catches, 103 yards. We needed to see that from him. Uh, Rashard Higgins, of course, is the one that catches the one touchdown. And not Landry or Chubb. Or, mm-hmm. you know. So, you know, yeah, screw that. <laughs> I, call him, I call it a fantasy herd sometimes. You never know. It's like whack-a-mole. You never know which one is going to pop off on any given week you know what I mean and 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 so with that I ask you because you're right Jarvis Landry had a big game today six for 103 but that you know has not been the norm from him coming over from Miami so who do you trust in this Cleveland passing game who do you expect like to emerge from the herd on any given week sure Landry gets you 103 but Callaway gets the touchdown I mean excuse me Higgins gets the touchdown Callaway has 84 you know people you know like David and Joku every now and again he only has eight yards who do you trust in this pass offense, Jim? No, nobody. Hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. But the fact of the matter is he's still through for almost 400 yards. Exactly. Like you can't trust the receivers. And, you know, again. And, you but take the shepherd of, of the good, herd and that's it. <laughs> yeah, it, that, that's a sign of a good quarterback, though. Somebody who can, right. you know, is not afraid to move the ball around and yep. play to whoever's open. Not yep. worried about the name on the jersey like Eli, where he's just, he's so focused in on exactly. OBJ every time he's looking down the field. I mm-hmm. mean, that's a bad Bad thing to do. So, yeah. you know, th- there's a lot of positives for Cleveland. The, the lo- t- loss was tough. So much positive for Cleveland, though, on the season. One of the, one of the great things I saw this week was that in eight of the 12 weeks so far uh, up till now, in eight of the 12 weeks, they've had the rookie of the week in the AFC. Uh, huh. Mayfield run it, won it four times. Chubbs Chubb. won it twice. And Ward, the as uh, the, twice. the cornerback, the number four pick. Yeah, I mean, right. listen, that's why you may even hear Bruce Arians kind of lobbying, saying that that's the only place he'll come back. The cupboard is not bare in Cleveland for sure. And no, so, you know, not. That, and that would be the greatest thing. I'd love to see them get Arians because that would you know, be the best and then you have Greg Williams on the defense. Yeah, yeah would, Baker Mayfield, that'd be the best thing in the world for him. And listen, this division is going to be turning over soon. You know, Marvin Lewis, Harbaugh have been there for a long time. So is Big Ben and Mike Tomlin. You know, the Browns, if they hit the cycle in the right pl- in the right place, you know, in a couple of years, they could be very far from the laughing stock that they have been for the last few years. Hey, Jim, we only got a couple minutes before our final commercial break for Fantasy Football Rewind. But you know what? That's more than enough time to talk about the Dolphins and Bills game, Jim. Where the Dolphins. Dolphins get a 21 to 17 win. You pretty much know that in Miami, there's not many fantasy assets that you want. Same thing for Buffalo for the most part. But my question for you about this is, Jim, like with Lamar Jackson, everyone loves the incredible rushing floor and how dynamic he is and how amazing he is running the ball and how he's a must, you know, kind of own and so great in dynasty leagues. Josh Allen's doing the same thing with his legs, Jim. Nine for 135 today on the ground. He still throws for two touchdowns as well. When are kids gonna real? When are people gonna realize that this kid actually has something with his legs? No, no, I, I think they realized it. The problem was the first few games they, that he came out and played, they didn't let him run. Hmm. They, they really kept him in the pocket. They weren't. They weren't trying to get him to move. And as we've seen with a lot of these young run quarterbacks, they they get more in a groove when they're moving, when they're running. That's what they're used to in college. Right. That's what they know. And you know, 
now that they've started to let him move when he needs to move, we're seeing it. We always knew he could run. They just weren't letting him run. Now they're finally letting him run. And he's because of that, he's playing better at quarterback because they're letting him be him. Devontae Parker gets a touchdown. Kenny Stills gets a touchdown after talking that he can't throw the ball to himself earlier this week. <laughs> but am I right, though? I mean, you know, I, I, I started this by saying there's not many players on either of these teams. Like, who are you starting from either of these teams in a win-or-go-home scenario next week in Week 14, Jim? Oh, not a freaking soul. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So there you have it. I told you we could fit the entire Dolphins Bills analysis in before the commercial break. And we've only got one more of those left to go, Jim. A couple of games still to talk about. I want to talk about Broncos and Bengals. I want to talk about Jets and Titans when we come back on the other side of the break. But it is Fantasy Taz and the Spittin' Statistician right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. A lot of big things happen. Happened. There are still, we could also preview Monday Night Football as we put a nice, neat little bow on this week, week 13. Hopefully, it was lucky for you. It was not lucky for Andrew Luck. We'll come back on the other side of this break and talk about the last two games and a nice little preview of Monday Night Football because if you went down today, we're going to tell you how you can still earn a little bit of extra cash. It's Fantasy Taz and the Spittin' Statistician. Come on back. We're wrapping it up. Fantasy Football Rewind. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Where my dog's at, DMX. Oh, boy. I could go on DMX for a whole nother time, uh, Jim. So we're going to not take up the time right now to talk about that. We got two more games still left to discuss here on Fantasy Football Rewind on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. One of the games that I got to ask you about, and Jim, don't look now, but the Denver Broncos are at 6-6. Six and six. The Denver Broncos in the last three weeks before this game played three teams that were on huge winning streaks. The Chargers were on a big winning streak. They beat them. The Steelers were on a big winning streak. They beat them. Those Houston Texans I talked about who have won nine in a row, they had a last-second field goal just miss or else they would have beat them too they played the Rams tough they played the Chiefs tough they beat the Cincinnati Bengals today 24 to 10 with even with Case Keenum just going 12 of 21 for 151 yards and a touchdown why because this undrafted rookie out of Colorado Philip Lindsay is showing that he is a boss Jim 19 carries 157 yards two touchdowns I believe he led the NFL in rushing today he, 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 this kid is just having an amazing year. There's no doubt about it. Um, he, he's just playing so well for them. He's been an RB1 in fantasy all year in, uh, in PPR leagues, and he yeah. continues to show why. He's just playing great. He, he didn't. Even, he only caught the one pass today, but, heck, you get me 157 yards and two touchdowns on the ground, you don't have to catch no stinking passes. We don't need no stinking passes. That's right. We keep doing that. Um, but, yeah, the kid, he's playing 
very good. You know, I, I was one, believe me, coming into the season, I thought Royce Freeman yeah. would be a thing. Um, I, I was really on him a lot. I thought he would be excellent here. And, mm-hmm. you know, pff, Lindsay just came out on fire. And, you know, right now he's third, third best all-time undrafted free agent uh, with the amount of yards he has uh, on the season so far. He's third all-time for undrafted wow. free agents as a rookie. So absolutely. You know, and I mean, let me ask you something, because I was on Royce Freeman also, like in the in the preseason and training camp running up to the draft. You know, his stock was rising. How did we all miss Philip Lindsay? I mean, and, and, and he, this kid also in training camp asked to wear Terrell Davis's number 30. How did we not, you know, and, and yet come in week one when he had that, you know, blow up game in week one. He wasn't on rosters. How did everyone miss this kid? They just, look, think back to the preseason. Yeah. The one thing you know of preseason, we saw guys get hurt early. Right. Once that happened, it, it seemed like across the board, we weren't getting many starters playing for any any of the preseason games, even the usual big three. I remember week, week three, three. You're right. Like the Rams rested their players. The Bears rested yeah, their players. All, even week Almost three. all yeah. the guys rested their starters. So we really never got to see him on the field as a starter. And I'll tell you the truth, even the beat writers were perplexed because mm-hmm. I follow a ton of beat writers. Beat writers on on Twitter, and even they were, you know, they they said his name once in a while. He looks good. He he moves well. Yada yada yada. But yeah. you know, everybody everybody was on Freeman rookie coming in. He's going to be their guy and go right for it. And man, Lindsey just came out and got hot right away. And once he got hot, that the the story was ended. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Another kid that is getting a lot of buzz in Denver is the wide receiver. Cortland Sutton, Jim, who goes four catches, 85 yards, and a touchdown. You know, you got to think that when they decided to trade Demarius Thomas, part of the thinking was to clear the way for Cortland Sutton that they thought they had a ready-made X kind of outside wide receiver to partner with Manny Sanders, and Sutton delivers today, four for 85 and a touchdown. Yeah, I had a big game today. I'm not the hugest Sutton fan. Um, okay. He's got some holes in his game. Can he get better? Absolutely. He's a rookie. He's going to get better. Um, but And he's shown us that he has the flash of the big play. We saw it all preseason. You know, we've already mm-hmm. seen it a couple times this season. So we know he can do that. But, you know, he's got to learn to run more routes. And he's got to learn to run crisper routes. Easily things that can be taught. Am I crazy to think that there's more opportunity in the end, at this end of season now for Sutton because of, dare I say it, because of the loss of Jeff Hireman? Uh, well, no, it absolutely will play into his hands. I, I agree with that totally. Um, you know, it, I just, again, rookie wide receivers. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, good week this week. Can you count on him in week 14 in your playoffs? I have some doubt. Okay. Do you, what, do you do? Does today's performance from Manny Sanders inspire any doubt? Only four for nineteen, and if you take away a fourteen-yard catch that he had, what three for five? What's going on with Manny Sanders? I have him as a locked and loaded wide receiver two almost every week, and uh, that was not the case today. No, it wasn't. But again, a lot of this was game script. They got up early, uh, okay. and Lindsey was just having the game of his life. You know, they, right. he was running all over him. He was doing everything he needed to do. Um, and they just didn't need – Case Keenum only completed 12 passes. Right. When you when you have quarterbacks only completing 12, 13, 14 passes, somebody's going to get left behind. It's just the way of the beast. Somebody's going to get out. Somebody's not. And today it wasn't Sanders' day. 
<laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. The Denver Broncos run the ball 34 times in a win. As you as you mentioned, they were up big, able to uh, salt it away. Phillip Lindsay with a star effort, 157 yards. Like I said, led the NFL in rushing in week 13 on Sunday. My guy, Josh Allen, second in the NFL in rushing today, though, Jim. Let me ask you <laughs> on the other side of things. Uh, on Cincinnati, Joe Mixon, you know, he comes out this week and is like, hey, if you're not going to try as hard, you know, because people think we're out of it, then stay home. And listen, he put his money where his mouth is. He goes 12 carries for 82 yards. Looks good on the ground game. You know, is another eight, another 13 in the air. Joe Mixon now without Andy Dalton, without A.J. Green. My question for you is this, like, if you're a Mixon owner, are you happy because there's going to be a ton more opportunity? Or are you a little bit upset because opposing defenses are going to put all 53 men in the box to try to stop them? Yeah, I, I'm more the latter. Okay. Uh, having uh, having A.J. Green on the field, even Andy Dalton opens up the, the offense a little bit more. Defenses have to give them a little bit of respect. You know, not so much now with Driscoll at quarterback. Boyd still had a good game. I grant you that. Uh, but, you know, I, I I do like the game. I actually thought Mixon was going to have a worse game than this hmm. uh, because going against this Denver defense. Look, Denver defense, after they got killed in weeks five and six uh, against the Jets and uh, the Rams, those two weeks they got run all over. Since then, they've done a great job of, of shutting down opposing running backs. I mean, they shut down James Conner last week. Mm-hmm. They shut down uh, the Charges before that, Houston before that, KC before that. All these guys, they, they averaged 46 yards a game against him. So he did a great job of running. They just didn't get him involved in the passing game at all. And that really comes down to Jeff Driscoll. If he's not going to throw the ball to him, it's really going to hurt Joe Mixon going forward. Yeah, you talked about how you thought uh, Mixon may have had a worse game Um than he actually did, and that may have been a credit to the Denver Broncos defense as well, a defense that I have been high on for their playoff schedule, okay? They gave up only 10 points today. Look at the rest of their matchups, Jim. Next week at San Francisco, then Cleveland, then in championship week, the last game of the fantasy playoffs, Monday night football against the Oakland Raiders. These are offenses that don't scare me. I think the Denver Broncos are setting up to be a very nice uh, defense for your playoff run. They got Four sacks today. Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, those are guys that I would be comfortable riding with. Our last game to talk about in the AFC here on Fantasy Football Rewind with Jim Day and Dane Martinez. The Tennessee Titans, they stay in it. They hover around 500, get to 6-6 with a 26-22 victory over the JETS just end the season. But here's my question for you, Jim. The Tennessee Titans, who, if anybody, do I really want on this squad? Are you going to try and sell me on Taiwan Taylor, on Corey Davis, or, you know, on Deion Lewis? Who are you going to try and sell me on on this Titans fantasy roster? Again, nobody. <laughs> it's so um, crazy. Yeah. Look, I, I love Deion Lewis coming into the season. I thought mm-hmm. he would be the guy. I've never been a Derrick Henry guy. Uh, I really thought they'd use him a, a ton, but then Mariota got hurt early and, you know, all that stuff went on and you know, all that crap hit at the same time. And, you know, we've seen flashes from Mariota that he can play at an elite level, but again, he's like Eli and that one week he plays at an elite level the next week he plays like garbage. Um, and it's just so hard to trust. And 
You know, you start talking about these wide receivers. Everybody loved Corey Davis coming into the year. I wasn't as high on him because he hadn't done anything yet. Everybody right. else was crowning him king because he was wide receiver one on Tennessee. I'm right. like, okay, let's see. Now, it, it's held up in the fact that he's got he gets a ton of targets almost every game. It's just that there's only been a couple games where that actually amounted to anything. Um, you know, mm-hmm. today, he, okay, he got you double digits, three for 42 with a touchdown, but not what people expect when, you know, when they're talking about a true number one wide receiver. Absolutely. And here's the thing, and I made that point before. Give me shares of these other prolific offenses as opposed to Tennessee. Like, it was supposed to be, oh, Matt LaFleur coming over. It was going to be more imaginative. This team looks just as much exotic smash mouth as they ever have, Jim. Yeah, I, I haven't seen much of a change either. I mean, we you had know? one good game where they played really well and everybody seemed to click. Outside of that, they just consistently are inconsistent. Does this team miss Delaney, like 38-year-old Delaney Walker or however old he was? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, and they really needed to find a number two wide receiver opposite Davis, too. Right. Um, you know, you, you, I don't care how, you know, how good your number one is. If you don't really have anybody on the other side, as we've been seeing all year with Jarvis Landry, mm-hmm. is that if, if there's nobody on the other side to threaten defenses, they're going to roll two, three guys to the, to the big guy every time. And that, we see a lot of that with Davis. Um, I, I don't know. There's no, nobody on this team that I, I really trust at this point going into playoffs that I would recommend playing. All right, and then when we talk about the Jets, the losers of this 26-22 game, I'll ask you the same question. Who are we trusting, you know, next week, week 14, with your playoff matchup on the line? I can't believe I'm saying this, but is the answer a rookie tight end out of Miami? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Scott Angle is all over Herndon. Oh, I know. And, and, you know, Herndon's been playing well, but, of course, even he got shut down today. Two catches for 31 yards, never going to win anything. There's nobody on this team right now that gives you any kind of upside. Going into week 14, I want players on my team, on my starting roster especially, that give me upside. I don't, you know, if they don't live up to that, I'll live with that. But I want a guy who has at least a chance to give me upside. Jets don't give you any upside. Let me ask you this. I expect the the Jets to go back to Sam Darnold next week, right? And earlier on this season, Jim, you know, I mean, Quincy Anunua was getting something like, you know, nine targets a game, little quick screens and stuff like that. Could you see a, a universe where if Sam Darnold comes back, that it, we go back to early on in the season where people like Inunua and maybe even Isaiah Crowell were fantasy relevant? Uh, Isaiah Crowell has always been the kind of guy who's fantasy relevant when he wants to be. Right. Um, You know, it it doesn't seem to matter what the matchup is because we've seen him go off against tough matchups and suck against good matchups. It doesn't seem to matter. It's just like every once in a while he'll give you a great game that comes out of nowhere. And you can't count on it. You can't bank on it. You'll never know when it happens. To me, he's the epitome of a best ball draft player. Uh, Interesting. I'll take him in a at the end of a best ball draft to take those two or three good games he has a year, not have to worry about when to start him. If you got to worry about when to start him, you can't ever count on him for anything uh, at this point. Nobody, nobody started him the one big week he went off because he hadn't done anything before that. And that's what happens with him all the time. Right, yeah, it's, you know, if you had him the week he threw, he ran for like 230 yards and set a new franchise record, mazel tov to you. Um, Jim, did you say the Hanukkah prayer yet today? Apparently it's the first night of Hanukkah. 
it is the first night of Hanukkah, and I, I, I put my candle out. Oh, wow. Okay, a little Baruch Adonai, Eloheinu, that kind of stuff. I don't know if you know, but last year, Jim, my show well, Fantasy Freestyle. I only do Freestyle. it to get extra presents. Ah, I'm yeah, eight crazy Jewish. nights. Eight yeah. crazy <laughs> nights, yeah. So I learned, okay, because last year Fantasy Freestyle was on five nights a week from 7 to 8 p.m. Jim, so I had to light the menorah inside Studio 34 for the Fantasy Sports Radio Network every night. Oh, and so in the YouTube chat room, they started getting on me and how I pronounced the Hanukkah prayer. So I had to get my people from the Stats Over Beats Cypher to give me, like, you know, the actual all the words. And I got better about it. Over, I got better at it over time. Um, I'm going to have to get back in the saddle when I'm back there on Fantasy Freestyle Tuesday night, 7 to 8 p.m. on the Fantasy Sports Network. I'm going uh, to have to break out the Hanukkah prayer, Jim. Oh, there you go. Good luck with that. That's one of the <laughs> hardest languages um, to, to speak. So, uh, Jim, in, in college, in college, I took Hebrew. You want to know why? Because it oh, met three go. days a week instead of all the other foreign languages that met four days a week. I was like, oh, I got this. Easy semester. I then I was like, wait, they read right to left? What? Are you kidding me? I got a B plus in the class, Jim. And then I wrote well, about know. it as like an essay as one of my greatest achievements. But um, I digress. Jim, week 13 <laughs> will come to a close tomorrow night. Huge matchup in the NFC East. To be quite honest, my narrative going into this week uh, – uh, you know, did the did the fantasy executive think that the Cowboys were going to get a win on Thursday, Jim? Um, I don't think he really thought they were going to get a win. No, <laughs> did, was he representing I, he was that playing, at least on Friday? Yeah, he was. Okay. He was. But right, I, yeah, realistically, I don't think he did. Because I was going into this week figuring that you know Dallas would get would lose on Thursday, and I liked I liked Philly to win. Um, you know, tomorrow night, and then everybody would be at a flat-footed tie, you know, at 6-6 six and six in the NFC East. The Cowboys upset that apple cart with, the, with their 13-10 to 10 win, looking with those linebackers, Jim, Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith, Oof. looking with speed, Damn. with bad intentions, uh, yeah. cornerbacks that can, you know, cover, that have some big bodies, and an offense that now with Amari Cooper, you know, we just talked about the kind of effect that it would have on Ezekiel Elliott when we just talked about, you know, kind of um, some other running backs. But now, what do we think is going to go down on Monday Night Football, Jim? As I look at it right now, the Eagles are six-point favorites. The total on this game is 45. How do you think it plays out tomorrow night? I, I believe that. I, look, Washington, I think, is done. Um, they started out yeah. hot, but the injuries have just been huge. The offensive, offensive line injuries, line, right? Yeah, decimated. Uh, you know, they get Chris Thompson back, which is a right. positive. But now you got Colt McCoy in there instead of Alex Smith. They, mm -hmm. They've just been so killed by injuries pretty much all over the team. I don't know if they have anything left in them. We'll see. I mean, this is a big divisional rivalry. If they win this game, they're still right there with Dallas and keeps them in the mix. I'm talking about Washington here. Yeah. But I just can't see them doing that going into Philly. I think Philly comes out of this with the win. But Philly, you know. This and then Philly's right there. Carolina yeah, yeah. loses again. Minnesota loses today. You know, Philly with a win is yeah. right there. And, then, and not only that, they're not playing good football. If they're still right, right. there and not playing good football, if they all of a sudden get hot, look, they got the pieces. For some reason, they're not coming together. Um, this offense isn't playing well right now. But the good side for Philly this week is they're going to get a lot of their defensive back. Uh, you so think Golden Tate uh, you know, finally gets involved? Uh, knows man, enough of the scheme and the hot routes? I, I hope so. I, I, I yeah. always love Golden Tate. I, I need, would like yeah. to see them get him involved.
Fair enough, and I'm sure you'll be talking about it with Corey tomorrow. I'll be talking about it all day as well. Fantasy Football Rewind. Great to have you, Jim. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Football Rewind. Good evening, fantasy players. Welcome to Fantasy Football Rewind. I am Dane Martinez, the spitting statistician, in for the king, Scott Engel, who has just finished rooting his Seahawks onto a 43-16 victory. I'm with my man, Fantasy Taz, Jim Day. Jim, I heard that the king was waving the 12 flag left and right this afternoon. (laughs) I'm sure he was waving something today. He must have been a a happy camper after that big win. They needed that win. They needed that win. Had to have it, and, you know, his first time going out to CenturyLink Field, I'm sure he had a great day. He had a great day. I'm sure he had a great entire week, and we will hear about it four weeks on end, but I digress. That's our man, the King Scott Angle. So I'm going to be in riding the saddle with you guys for the next two hours with my man Jim. And listen, just like the name of the show says, it's Fantasy Football Rewind. We are going to take a look back at everything that's happened in this window on Sunday. A lot of teams, listen, you guys are trying to make your playoffs. It's win or get in kind of scenarios. We will go game by game, Jim, and talk about what are the trends you need to pick up on that you could spin forward into your fantasy playoffs. But Jim, I got to start with news after the Green Bay Packers go down at home in Lambeau Field to the lowly Arizona Cardinals. It sounds like Mike McCarthy got called into the principal's office and they said, you know what? We're done. Uh, It's not me. It's you. Mike McCarthy has been fired as the Packers head coach, Jim. There's been people calling for that firing for for weeks now, if not months now. Look, McCarthy, he's had a great spin with Green Bay, but, you know, when when his offense looks like one of the the least innovative offenses in football right now with with one of the best quarterbacks, just doesn't make any sense. Uh, He's had a long history of making a lot of mistakes on the sideline. For me, I, I think it's a great move for them. They needed to do it, although it's really unprecedented for a team to fire a long-term coach midseason that has a Super Bowl under their belt. I'm not sure it's ever been done before. Yeah, that's the part I was going to go to. Listen, I can understand that McCarthy was dead man walking, but to your point, Jim, this idea that they do it midseason, hours after a debilitating loss, you know, that kind of mathematically eliminates them. This is the other thing. You know, this is one of those kind of blue-chip, tried-and-true, tested franchises in the NFL you don't expect them to pull the trigger like this in a knee-jerk reaction kind of move I I completely agree with you it's not knee-jerk in the sense that a lot of people have been clamoring for this some people think that Aaron Rodgers himself is not exactly completely upset about this but the fact that they do it in this way is what kind of uh hit my radar is a little bit different for Green Bay 
Yeah, it's not even like they waited till Monday. Yeah. <laughs> um, there, there's people wondering if they have even let him get back to his office to get out today or if they just escorted him out from the principal's office. Uh, you know, it, it's been a crazy season for all kinds of crazy things, and this just adds to the list. Uh, it just – I don't care how bad that Green Bay was playing. I'm pretty sure nobody saw Arizona going into Green Bay and beating them two weeks after they after Arizona lost to Oakland. No, you're absolutely right. So let's dive on into this because you're talking about what is at this point an unimaginative offense. And, you know, we haven't done shows much together, Jim, but at the same time, you know, I think we think the same things in terms of the thesis around here in the NFL in 2018. You either need one of these kind of hybrid, you know, scheme college kind of offenses with motions and shifts that can be multiple with these RPOs a la, you know, Patty Mahomes and Andy Reid, a la Matt Nagy, a la McVay. You either have that or you need to get out of the way and it looks like the Green Bay Packers realized that in the kind of final years of Aaron Rodgers when you still have him as one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL you need to put uh you know kind of a, a millennial offense around this guy right well yeah and they're trying I mean they, they picked up a bunch of good young receivers uh and for whatever reason they're just not clicking together it's not getting involved it, you know Aaron Rodgers is dropping back and he's looking for Devontae Adams pretty much every time mm-hmm. he drops back he's not even looking for the young receivers and you know i i just think all of that had to change but does it really help them to change it now i mean bringing Joe Philbin in is that going to be a major change <laughs> no um, yeah, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me give the guy the rest of the season because it doesn't matter anyway and then while you do that, at least you can formulate a plan and go out and find the right coach for you. Yeah. So let me ask you this, okay? Because we saw in Cleveland them make a change at OC at one point this a few a few weeks ago, right? And we were like, hmm, what is going to be different about the Cleveland Browns? And then we've seen the emergence of Nick Chubb, you know, and Arizona with Byron Leftwich as the new offensive coordinator. We're like, hmm, what's going to be different? It seems like Byron Leftwich realizes where his bread is buttered, and they're finding Larry Fitzgerald and David Johnson. You know, David Johnson again with 20 carries today. What might be be different, if anything, Jim, with the Green Bay Packers offense when we move forward? Are we going to see more Aaron Jones? Are we going to see more of these uh, young kids, the Valdez Scantlings, the St. Browns of the world? What might be different with Green Bay now that they make this move because they decided that they needed to do this now? Yeah, this was crazy. I, I mean, just when everybody was getting on base with, you know, Aaron Jones being their go-to guy, uh, you know, the last two weeks, he, he was their go-to guy. All of a sudden, in this game, he's splitting carries again with Jamal Williams. They played almost the same mm-hmm. number of plays uh, between the two of them. Just doesn't make any sense. Jamal Williams, in the beginning of the year, I thought he was the better play just because he could protect Aaron Rodgers better. And then PFF came out with their rankings that showed that he didn't, that, you know, Jones was doing a better job of it. So at at that point, Jones, we knew he was a better running back. If he's also protecting your quarterback better, then why isn't he on the field most of the time? And it it worked like that the last two weeks, and then all of a sudden they changed it up this week. Now, you're asking me what I see different going forward is, I'm not sure how much Joe Philbin was still the offensive coordinator. So now he's the head coach. Um, You know, does he keep the offensive coordinator position as well do they move somebody into that role you know the only thing i could see positive out of this is you mentioned it you know briefly before is that aaron Rodgers and mccarthy definitely 
haven't seemed like they've been getting on together well. So maybe this makes Aaron Rodgers happy. And if, you know, if it makes Rodgers happy, maybe he plays better. But it doesn't matter for the rest of this season. Right. Who does get along well with Aaron Rodgers, by the way? Yeah, as an I aside, know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, we did see eight catches out of Jimmy Graham today. You know, I mean, who knows what it may look like as we move forward. But, Jim, I got to tell you, that was obviously the major story. But I want to get into three guys that have some bumps and bruises. The mash unit of week 13, as it were. And listen, Jim, I've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks with the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, they lose Andy Dalton, right? They go to Jeff Driscoll. I'm saying that this team is pretty much out of it anyway. So I was wondering why are they going to bring A.J. Green back? I thought there was a decent chance that they would shut him down. A.J. Green in a non-contact injury re-injures it looks like. Maybe it's the same toe even. He was carted off. Uh, the Bengals lose. They go to 5-7 and seven, and A.J. Green looks like he's done as well. Yeah, you're right. Uh, this is definitely another time when it just didn't make a lot of sense for them to rush him back. It, you know, they were hard-pressed. Maybe if they get this win, maybe they're still fighting. I, I get that. But, you know, was he really going to be that big a difference with the injury, with the chance of recurring it when you're talking about your best player? Uh, just not a, a, a lot of sense to that. And ultimately, like you said, comes back in. They have to cart him off the field. He's, you know, they're, they're talking about him screaming and crying at the same time as they're carting him off the field. Doesn't look good for him for the rest of the season. Hopefully he's back for next year. Yeah, absolutely. But he is now starting to be a guy similar to the same as like Julio Jones, you know, who are, in fact, you know, getting up into the late 20s, the wrong side of 30, let's say, you know, when we have these other wide receivers entering in their prime, it continues to be a young man's hustle. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jim, but he was not the only Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver to go down. It looked like Tyler Boyd missed a little bit of action today, too. I didn't actually see that, so. Okay. I don't know if you if you want, I'll go take a look for it. But go ahead, keep calling. We'll check out it. We'll check out on that. I saw him laid out. Maybe he did get right back in there. Another injury from week thirteen. Another re-aggravation of a foot. Greg Olson of the Carolina Panthers. He goes down, and uh, they have already come out saying that his season is now over. My question for you, Jim, as it relates to the Carolina Panthers, tight end has been such a wasteland this year. Um, should I be starting? to look for a guy like Ian Thomas if I am in a league that still allows moves and waivers? Oh, no. Um, no. <laughs> okay. I, I, I just don't believe so. No, it, you know, he got his chance a little earlier in the season for a couple games and didn't do anything. I don't – I think it really came down to that, you know, Cam just had a trust level with Olsen uh, mm -hmm. that, you know, Ian just doesn't have and I don't think we'll get anytime soon. So I don't think at this point in the season, as we go into playoffs for most leagues, there's no way I could start a guy like him based on the fact that Olsen's out and he's just getting the chance. You know, as the King always says, opportunity doesn't always lead to fantasy value. No, that's absolutely true. And, you know, I don't know if you've heard, but my thesis on the Carolina Panthers anyway is that Cam Newton and his high 60s completion percentage is because North Turner's doing a great job of getting the ball out of Cam's hands and into Christian McCaffrey's, into DJ Moore's, into Curtis Samuel. You know, Jim, early in Cam's career, the way they used to try 
try to mitigate Cam's accuracy issues was by putting an NBA front court out there with Kelvin Benjamin at like 6'5", with Funches at like 6'4", with Olsen at like 6'4", 6'5", as well. Now they're doing a much better job of getting the ball out of his hands a lot quicker. McCaffrey, 9 for 55 and a touchdown today. Curtis Samuel, 6 for 88. DJ Moore, 4 for 44. However... These Carolina Panthers drop another one, Jim. They go into Tampa, and they cannot get it done. About three weeks ago, I'm sure you guys were talking about the Panthers as like a sneaky NFC team. Now they go on and lose. I think this is their third straight, Jim. Yeah, 6-6 six and six record, man. Uh, not that they're out of it. There's still teams that are in it. and uh, But, man, that was a hard loss for them. You know, Tampa Bay that should have been a game they should have won. And like you said, they're just not getting it done uh, across the board. Their defense is, is giving up too many big plays. Uh, the, the offense outside of McCaffrey, DJ Moore was even shut down today. Not didn't have a big game as, you know, and that, you know, that's the problem with rookie wide receivers. Everybody, they have a few good games. Everybody wants to jump on the bad way, right. but we know it's very hard for rookie wide receivers to consistently give you good games. And, and again, we, we got bit by that today. Cause I know a lot of people really were counting on more to have a big game in this one. Yeah, DJ Moore goes four catches, 44 yards. Curtis Samuel was the kind of, I call him a Ricky Bobby shake and bake kind of guy who got the love from Cam today. He had six catches for 88 yards, but obviously Christian McCaffrey continuing to dominate. As I already mentioned, he had the touchdown and 55 yards on nine catches in the receiving game. That does not count the 106 yards he had in the running game. Hey, Jim, let me ask you something. Next year, in PPR formats, am I crazy to say Christian McCaffrey might be a top five pick. No, I don't think you're crazy at all. You know, everybody was concerned about this kid. Oh, he, he's not big enough to, to be in every down back. And mm-hmm. yeah. Look, Going this, into this, the year, Ron Rivera was like, he's going to get 25 touches. We laughed at him. Yeah, we did. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I wouldn't say I laughed at him. I actually loved him. I was grabbing him at the end of the first round mm-hmm. uh, for, for most of the draft season because I really did like him a lot in PPR, and that's all I play. So I really love him. I absolutely didn't think he'd be doing even this well, though. He he is just breaking it down right now. He, he's on the field for almost every offensive play, and he's just getting so much love uh, from Cam Newton in this offense. And like you said, they're trying to get the ball out of his hands faster. What better way to get it out faster than to get it to your running back who's got talent all over the board? And it's not like this is the first time in his career that he's ever had a lot of work. When he was in college, he had a lot sure. of work, too. He stood up to it fine. I, I don't know where people were getting that that whole thing of he couldn't stand up to it because he, he's standing It's because he's, he's scrappy. It's because he's scrappy. He's the coach's son, Jim. You know that narrative. Come on. Yeah, no, no <laughs> doubt. And, no doubt. He, and, you know, it really is it really does come true to that. You know, coaches' sons, they just have something extra because they've been there all their life learning every little piece they can. Been around the game. Yeah, learn the fundamentals. You know, it makes a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, on the other side of this game, the Tampa Bay Bucks they get a win. And, Jim, don't look now. Okay, but Jameis Winston, once again, does not turn the ball over. And what do you know? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers win the game. I'm going to ask you, Jameis goes 20 for 30, 
249 yards, two touchdowns, as I mentioned, most importantly, does not turn the ball over, runs for another 48 yards, spreads it around. Godwin gets his. Humphreys gets his. Evans gets his. Even Cameron making America braid again happens. My question for you, Jim, is is Jameis playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or is he playing for 31 other teams right now? Well, if he keeps playing this well... Because if he can demonstrate this, right. If he can demonstrate this and not turn the ball over, there will be a market for Jameis. Well, there will be if Tampa Bay lets him go. Because obviously, you know, playing the musical chairs between him and Fitzpatrick, they still have some like for Winston. Although, you know, the issues off the field are still the issues off the field. And we don't know what they're really going to do. But, you know, if he plays this kind of game, if they keep playing well and he keeps playing this kind of way for the rest of the season, which is is tough. I'm not the hugest Winston guy. Uh, So, you know, it's going to be tough. A couple good games. But I haven't seen him play this well in probably the last couple of years. Yeah. Absolutely, so and that's the key. This up, it might be that might be what you know. He's making his money now if he can keep this up. Absolutely, that's the key. If he can demonstrate in this next month that he has the ability to not turn the ball over, then he will be a prize commodity. And you're absolutely right, Jim. I bet he won't get out of Tampa. They'll exercise that fifth-year option. We are off and running on Fantasy Football Rewind. It's Fantasy Taz and the Spittin' Statistician. We gave you the main injuries. We gave you the biggest news that the Green Bay Packers have fired former now head coach Mike McCarthy. When we come back on the other side of the break jim and i are going to start to break down these games and let you know what we take from all of them what you can spin forward into your fantasy playoffs here on the fantasy sports radio network From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Fantasy Football Rewind here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez and Jim Day looking back on everything you just saw. If you're struggling to process what you just saw, like how the Bengals let A.J. Green back out onto the field, we're the guys to talk to you about it for the next two hours. I also want to let them know, Jim, that, listen, football is not the only sport right now where you can win a little bit of extra cash. The DailyRoto.com NBA lineup optimizer is now available. That means you can use the same tools and projections that DailyRoto.com NFL subscribers are using to win each week. And now you can use it for NBA DFS contests as well. DailyRoto.com has produced seven FanDuel and DraftKings millionaires already just this season. Okay, um, And if you're playing DFS sports and you aren't using the DailyRoto tools and projections and optimizers, you're doing it wrong. You're at a competitive disadvantage. Go to DailyRoto.com and click on Go Premium. Enter the promo code FNTSY for a special discount and start winning today. Jim, we started with the uh, 
Green Bay Packers, Mike McCarthy news. You know what I think is also interesting? Nobody in the NFC North wanted to win today. You know, it's looked like they could have had a chance. I'm thinking about the Chicago Bears. They're like, no, we're not going to put Mitchell Trubisky in there. We're going to try and, you know, tempt fate in essence with Chase Daniel, thinking they can get it done against the lowly Giants. Weather is a great equalizer. The Giants backs up against the proverbial wall, and the New York Giants get it done 30-27 to against the Chicago Bears. Eli Manning in the rain only throws for 170 yards but that's okay because now Odell Beckham has even that on Eli I think he's got a better uh, QBR for the rest of the season huh Jim screw the Giants <laughs> freaking hate the Giants they I, don't even I, realize I, that they're supposed to lose these games to get a better draft pick to get a bear out of Oregon right that's what I've been saying <laughs> this this means nothing why win these games they mean nothing you had no shot at anything especially you know wait okay I, we don't. We haven't talked much, so uh, I got to ask you this question. Last yep. week, nineteen three at halftime. Yep. Totally dominating with with Barkley, you know, yep. running all over the place, and he gets four touches in the second half. Does that seem to you like a team trying to win the game? No, absolutely right. I mean, they're not listening to Hermwood Edwards, nor should they be. They should not be playing to win the game. They should be playing for, you know, the stud offensive lineman out of the draft or, or the kid out of Oregon. That's the way it should be. But the Giants can't even get that right. They do, however, today, in the weather, turn around and hand Saquon the ball 24 times, Jim, for 125 yards. He also gets another 21 in the receiving game. I mean, this team is Odell, Saquon, and not a whole lot else. No, yeah, it's it's not right now. There's no doubt about it. Look, there's other weapons on this team I like. I, I still like Sterling Shepard, but okay. he hasn't been doing much. They haven't been getting him enough chances. He got hurt today but came back in, played. I, I love that about him. He always seems to play through those injuries. Look, they, they have weapons. Evan Ingram's been hurt all year, hasn't really ever gotten going. But, you know, they have good weapons. What they need is to solidify that offensive line and to get a new quarterback. Right. No, absolutely. I mean, we, we knew this. Eli Manning was probably done last year. To be quite honest, that may have been the one thing McAdoo got right last year. They should have taken their time when they had it to evaluate, uh, you know, at that point last year was Davis Webb. They didn't have him prepared. So I ask you this, and this is what I want to spin forward here with the Giants before we talk about the Bears in this one, Jim. I had a social media guy, you know, one of my followers, be like, oh, I own Saquon Barkley. Should I be worried about him for week 15 and 16 and I was like absolutely not he's a stud and then the guy came back to me and was like I expect Kyle Laletta to be the Giants quarterback when I'm in my fantasy semis and semifinals and if so what does that do to Saquon and I was like you know what it's very possible my friend what do you think about that Jim do you think the Giants fix the mistake of last year actually get Laletta on the field he was dressed this week for the first time ever um do you think they actually get him on the field and what does that mean to a guy like Saquon or a guy like Odell who you're using to ride to a fantasy championship okay well I'll start from the top I think they should have already been using Waletta look what they need to do now is they need to find out if this kid has anything worthy of being a starting quarterback going into next year because if he doesn't then you do indeed have to go get a a, a quarterback early in that draft mm-hmm. uh, so winning these games again is just Totally opposite. See, and this has been the whole thing for me all year as a Giants fan. They, they go ahead and trade Eli, Apple, and uh, 
Damon Snacks. Harrison. Now, yep. yeah, Eli Apple, okay, he's still a young cornerback, but he could be beat, and he's not great. Okay, I get that. But Snacks, Harrison, you give him away for a fifth-rounder, which is nothing. When I when I went back and looked at their fifth-round picks over the last 10 years, I think they played <laughs> Right, what they turned that one into, exactly. Yeah, 47 <laughs> games in, in the <laughs> NFL, you know, totally ridiculous. Fifth-round picks are a joke. Uh, so to give a guy like Snacks Harrison up for that, okay, that looks to me like you're given, you're, you're done. And then they go out and win a couple of games that don't mean nothing, uh, you know. And it just it seems like they go back and forth. And then last week they had their game in the bag. And the second half, you know, they don't use Barkley at all, nor do they even try and stretch the field against the secondary that's totally depleted by injuries. So it looks, I mean, absolutely to me, it looks like they just said, tossed in the towel at halftime and said, make sure we don't win this game. Right. And then yep. they come back and, and win this it, game. <laughs> mm-hmm, absolutely. So it is a mess. And, you know, sometimes the organization, the head coach, and the players are not always aligned. But enough about the Giants. We know yes, what they please. are going forward. Let's talk about these Bears, though. They had an opportunity. First thing I got to ask you about, Jim, you know, I, I was going into this fantasy season. Everyone was so high on Jordan Howard. And I was, I was one of the few people who I think were right on Jordan Howard. But he has not had the kind of year many people expected. When I was going into this year, Jim, I was like, wait a second, Matt Nagy, new scheme, and all of a sudden Jordan Howard looks around and he sees three or four guys that are just far more dynamic than him and the way they're trying to do this. And listen, I mean, he gets his 16 for 76, but, you know, you generally speaking, this is not a guy you can rely on as an RB2 really anymore. Oh, at all this season, he hasn't been. I totally agree. I, look, I liked him more than he produced this year, no doubt. But I also like Dalvin Cook. And you know, right, you see how that happened. That's been working out. But, uh, wait, but there's a difference there, though. With Dalvin Cook, it was function of injury and offensive line. I think right. with this, it's a function of a new scheme. And now, you know, you got Allen Robinson. You have Gabriel. You have Burton. You have Cohen. You know, this is just he's not the, uh, the dominant force that he was when the Bears were plotting with guys like Cam Meredith as the number one wideout. And that's the problem. He's not the running back for this team. Right. He's just not because he isn't dynamic, and this offense wants to be dynamic. And, you know, that that's what happened when, when we saw Trubisky go off with the six touchdowns it's because this offense finally started to come together in that dynamic way that Nagy wanted him to. So, you know, with that in play, I mean, that really leads to – Cohen being that guy as a main back, but you still need somebody in there, you know, to grind out yards when you need to grind out yards. And he's not even getting that done well. Yeah, absolutely. That I mean, you know, he does today get you 16 for 76. You'll take the 76 yards, give it another four in the past game. You know, you'll take the nine points in PPR, I guess. But let's continue with the NFC North, Jim, because, okay, the Bears don't grab the brass ring. Then you think to yourself, maybe the Minnesota Vikings can, you know, pull, pull a fast one, go into New England, and if they were to get a win, they would be right there in the NFC North. But they can't do it either. Kirk Cousins, only 201 passing yards today, one touchdown, two interceptions. We heard that Stefan Diggs, his knee kind of swole up on him, what have you. He still goes five for 49, but it's Adam Thielen who defecates the mattress when owners need him to get to the playoffs, Jim. Only five for 28. He did get the touchdown, but you got to think Thielen owners want a lot more out of Adam Thielen. 
Oh, especially week th- 13. But there were a ton of no big name guys in, in this week, and it started Thursday night with with Breeze. And oh, the Saints Michael guys, Thomas. yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's been that week. It's been a lot of big name guys uh, this week that underperformed. I mean, I could go down a long list, but I'm sure we'll get to them. Uh, so yeah, I, I, you know, absolutely. You know, luckily he got the touchdown, and you you take right. what you get. You know, it, it, if you can get over into double digits at least. You know, it's not a total dud, but mm-hmm. man, yeah, definitely not what people were hoping for in Week 13. Same with Cousins in, in a game that you know we expected them to have to throw a lot uh, to keep into this game with with New England. Uh, but again, Tom Brady also not a great game for him on the other side of the ball. 300 yards, 11 yards passing, but only the one touchdown to go with the one interception. Brady is you know right now a mid-level QB two. He's he can't even be considered a QB one. Is this the new normal for Tom Brady? Pooh, it, it, man, have you watched him throw it? I mean, it seems Because this be is like not, what, like three of the arm. last four weeks, right? Three of the last yeah, four weeks he's had one touchdown or less? And what, not only that, but it seems like all his long passes are coming up short. Uh, he doesn't mm-hmm. have the, the same zip on the ball. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, last year might have been the end. He should have maybe hung him up, go out a champion. And I at when some guys point. Try to push it a little bit too far. Well, listen, I'm a Jets fan, okay, so I've been ha- hastening for the end of the <laughs> fall of Rome for a while. But I, and I think his acai, his avocados, his hyperbaric chambers, and the Uggs <laughs> can only go so far. But listen, right. at some point, you got to figure, like, yeah, it was great that they had, you know, Josh Gordon that may have been able to start to stretch the field, you know, for him and be that kind of weapon. He gets three for 58 and a touchdown. But honestly, when you, took, when you talk about Edelman, when you talk about the backs out of the backfield, when you talk about Gronk, and it's a separate story, about if he's done all together as well. But right. you're going to start to be able to have safeties playing downhill against the Patriots. Where is the threat over the top, Jim? You know, and if I can start to inch down and think that most of, you know, most of where Brady's bread is going to be buttered and say that five times fast, but James <laughs> White is going to be where Brady's bread is buttered, Jim. Yeah, I was off White this week, too. I, it, I just had this feeling, and I'm – I. Really wasn't sure where it came from, but I just had this feeling they'd start to slow him down because they wanted to keep him healthy for the playoffs. You know, they always use mm-hmm. him dynamically in the playoffs. He's had so much more work this year than he usually does. So I figured they'd start to slow him down with Michelle finally healthy. And, you know, of course, he goes out today and you know, catches seven balls for 92 yards and mm-hmm. you know runs for another 26 yards. And, you know, not, not the, the greatest of games the way he's been having, but still, you know, gets you into those double digits uh, nicely. So uh, almost close to 20. Yeah, and here's the thing. Bill Belichick, for over a decade, has not given a rat's ass about your fantasy team, Jim. You know what I mean? And so let me ask you this, okay, because I've been a big fan. I call my guy Sony Michelle. I call him the stereotype, okay? It's not Panasonic. It's not Mitsubishi. It's Sony. And he goes 17 for, you know, carries for 63 yards, gets a little bit involved in the uh, passing game, gets a catch as well. But here's what I got to ask you, Jim. Rex Burkhead back, right? Completely, just when you thought the Patriots weren't going to have some more traditional roles forming, Sony Michelle early down between the tackle, goal line kind of work, James White being a PPR stud, you get Rex Burkhead back, and he is uniquely qualified to eat into both of their opportunities, Jim. What do you sense will be coming from Rex Burkhead moving forward as teams move into the fantasy playoffs? Not much. I'm not a big Rex Burkhead guy. I know he has that talent, but he's never done anything with it when given. He got nine touches today. 
Well, he did, and that might be his ceiling. Um, you know, they, they do like to get as many people involved as they can. I, I grant you that. Uh, they even got James, James Devlin in for yeah. two touchdowns today, <laughs> which killed fantasy owners. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I, you, you got to hate that. And I've been saying this forever. I'm pretty sure NFL coaches have a consortium against fantasy football. Yeah. They know it's week 13. <laughs> they know it's important to us. And they go out and they get guys like, you know, Zay Jones with two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Chase Edmonds with two touchdowns. Uh, <laughs> Dante with Pettis two, yeah. with two touchdowns. Jerron Brown with two touchdowns. It is a conspiracy. Absolutely. So let me ask you this. Okay, I I agree with you. I don't expect a ton out of Rex Burkhead. But I guess my biggest issue is, listen, in PPR formats, Jim, I've been saying that uh, James White and Sony Michelle are, in essence, in my opinion, RB2s, if healthy, right? Does Rex Burkhead's availability change that for them? Like, do you still have RB2s in your midst in White and Sony Michelle heading into the fantasy playoffs? I do. You know, Michelle's value comes in the goal line plunges. Um, it really does. I, I mean, yep. he's touchdown dependent. He's not involved really in the passing game. He might catch a pass or two, but it's never for much yardage. He, his value comes in getting those goal line touches and getting into the end zone. And with this offense, for the most part, you know, normally we see him getting those opportunities. He didn't today. Uh, for whatever reason, they decided they were giving it to the fullback because it's Bill Belichick and he hates fantasy football. Um, <laughs> so they decided, mm-hmm. okay, well, we're going to kill everybody that likes Sony Michelle today, and we're going to give it to James Devlin. Um, I, I don't know. I can't honestly say I'm not I'm just not that worried about Rex Burkhead. I don't think he has a lot of fantasy value and I don't really see him taking a ton off the plate. I you know, if if it was gonna happen, I thought it would have happened today. Like I said, I was concerned that they were gonna start slowing right. White down, and that obviously wasn't the case. He was still highly involved in this offense, uh and, and one of the best players for them. Yeah. So, you know, I, I just don't have a lot of I don't know if faith is the right word. A lot of concern that Burkhead is really going to take much away from them. I think he comes into play if one of them gets hurt. Otherwise, not much. All right, fair enough. And that makes me smile because I got shares of Sony Michelle and James White everywhere. On the other side of this one, Jim, let me ask you real quick about Minnesota. Um, should I start to believe that Dalvin Cook is going to heat up? I've been, I've been again, I've been anti the Vikings O line all season long. I thought Kirk yeah. Cousins is going to be one of these guys that's going to have to put it up 45 times a game. And he goes 32 for 44 today. But if Dalvin Cook is going to break one, you know, he only had nine carries. Maybe he's starting to get healthy is the arrow pointing up on Dalvin Cook and where can you see him is he back in RB2 territory for you uh well the arrow is absolutely pointing up it's still the usage that's concerning uh last week he only had 10 touches this week at least he had the 17 touches he had 10 targets so that you know that's great in mm-hmm. the passing game love to see that uh again you know that's what you need when you have a a, a an offensive line that's not playing well. You need to get that ball out of the hands fast, and what better way? And, you know, it looks like he's healthy. He was running strong today, uh, ripped up off a couple of nice runs. Uh, It looks good. I just want to see him get more, you know, give me more touches from him, and and I'll feel happier. But at the same time, it's been a little bit more encouraging every week. 
Yep, absolutely. You'll take the 84 yards on the ground. And maybe, you know, maybe this is game script as well, right? The Vikings are down in this game. Maybe there'll be a game coming up in the NFC North where they'll be up and they will be able to use Dalvin Cook, as you see, as this kind of workhorse that you are hoping for. The Detroit Lions also in the NFC North. They also lose today to the Los Angeles Rams, 30-16. to Listen, Jim, I had the Rams on the road, minus 10 and a half. And I thought the entire day that I was no way I was going to cash that. But then all of a sudden they score 14 points in the fourth quarter and I still get a little bit of cash off of that bet. Yeah, I bet you were sweating it when, uh, did you see Gurley not score the first time? Yes, yes. And that's not the first time he's done that, you know. No, he didn't. But the last time made sense. It was the end of the game. Made all Right, the here you still world. knew he had to kill off another like two and a half minutes. Yeah, right. There was still plenty of time on the clock. I was like, what are you doing? Uh, yeah. Luckily, he redeemed it. He, he still scored. But, uh, I, you know, I was like, I, I didn't understand that one. The yeah, first absolutely. One I totally understood, made total football sense. This one with that much time left just did not make a lot of football sense. But again, he still ended up scoring, and he's Todd Gurley. How much are you going to reprimand him? <laughs> yeah, we'll go back into this game and other teams in the NFC that were winning, like Scott Seahawks, when we come back on Fantasy Football Rewind on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Welcome back. Fantasy Football Rewind here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez, they call me Speeds the Spitting Statistician with Jim Day. Jim, why do they call you Fantasy Taz? I hear the blah, 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 blah. I hear all that, but God, give me the story, brother, man. Uh, it's just been Taz for a very, very long time, and then when I started okay. doing fantasy, it just seemed to mesh together, and you know, now, it, now it's basically like my moniker everywhere. I like it. I like it. And uh, LeGarrett Blunt has been doing it for a long time as well. He's filling in for on Johnson, Jim. But the Lions could not get it done today. You know, the, the Rams come in looking like, uh, as usual, one of the best teams in football. They get it done. Don't worry about laying the home dogs. I, I You know, I, was, I, mean, I usually like the home dogs, Jim. And I, I usually wouldn't touch a double-digit line. But I was like, you know what? I think we know enough about the Rams. And we absolutely do. Jared Goff, even like a pedestrian. And Goff day for him. Only 207 yards, a touchdown, one pick, but Todd Gurley picks up the slack. 23 carries, 132 yards, and two touchdowns, then another 33 yards in the passing game. Uh, is he going to get MVP votes, Jim, or is everybody just going to believe that this is only a quarterback award? Uh, it, it is pretty much almost always a quarterback award. Um, 
Should he? Absolutely. I mean, this kid is, is lights out. And while golf and the rest of this offense is really good, it really revolves around Gurley uh, in total. There's no doubt about it. He's just getting the job done. Once again, everybody thought he'd get paid and it wouldn't be so well. And, you know, mm-hmm. now he's still showing that he is still the number one pick going into next season without a doubt. Yeah, absolutely. Going into this game, a lot of people were split on Josh Reynolds, Jim. Did you think he was going to be plug-and-play and, play and be, be, be able to be a reasonable facsimile of Cooper Cup? Or did you think all of this production was then going to be more just more concentrated into Woods, Cooks, and Gurley? No, no, I, I liked Reynolds coming in. Look, I, I said this is what I said. Look, what what you're looking for right now is somebody who has upside. And him on this sure. team in this high-powered op- offense, with the fact that they run three wide receiver sets over 96% of the time, which means he's going to be on the field On that the field. Much, you know, he, he has that upside. But he's going to give you a down game from time to time because he is in Cooper cup. And because a lot of times the game comes out of the passing hands because Todd Gurley can do it all by himself, you know, and if they get up to big leads, they don't have to throw a lot. And that really comes down on the passing game in a big way. So, you know, I, I like him and I'll play him, but you're going to have to take hits like this today, where he's only two catches for 19 yards. It's just going to happen. But, you know, the next week you may get the, the four catches for 60 yards and two touchdowns from him. Right. So you would, you're, you're comfortable going right back to the Josh Reynolds well again next week. Uh, once I start looking in, into, you know, the playing and the team and the numbers, sure. then, then I'll know better. But, yeah, I'm not really fighting it. I'd much rather have somebody like him playing for me than, you know, one of those safe plays that, you know, all season. A lot of the mm-hmm. safe plays have been Jalen Richard, although he had a great game today. Uh, right. <laughs> and, uh, like, Willie Sneed, who's, mm-hmm. you know, they're 10 to 12 the chain points. chain mover top there. Yeah, right. They're, they're good they have a you know decent floor, but their ceiling is basically their floor. That's what you're looking at. They don't really have that upside most games. Um, you know, he gives us that upside at a time when you need upside. So yeah. I, I play him over those safe picks most of the time. Okay. Like I said, uh, coming out of the break here, I was talking about LeGarrette Blunt, LGBT rights, as I like to call him. And he gets 16 <laughs> carries for 61 yards. Here's my thing. You know, with on Johnson – you know, I was I was starting to buy into carry on Johnson, Jim. I was like, listen, the Detroit Lions haven't had a hundred yard rusher in years, and they started to realize that when they win games, it's because they can actually run the ball. And then when I saw Legarrett Blunt, you know, go for two touchdowns on Thanksgiving, I was back in. You know, I was back in. Game script be damned. Um, should I go back to Legarrett Blunt next week if if there's no carry on Johnson? Uh, man, you know, or is it look, game script? Legarrett Blunt. It, again, it, he needs those touchdowns. He's not going to get you much else. You know, I mean, you know, last week we saw the 80 yards, and that was a big right. thing for him. So it's the touchdowns that get him there. If they're not getting him to that end zone, to that one-yard plunge, then he's not going to give you much, and you, you got to know that going in. You you need those, you know, one or two score games for you to have any fantasy value with LeGarrette Blunt at all. Next two weeks for the Detroit Lions at Arizona, at Buffalo, shapes up that I think he might get those plunges from the one, or the Lions might be up and looking to run the clock out. If So that, that seems encouraging to me if, if Kerryon Johnson needs another week. At Arizona might be the kind of scenario where uh, LGBT could get it done. 
He absolutely could. Uh, look, I mean, Arizona came up with a big win today. No, nobody saw that coming. But Fair. Uh, hard, to, hard to think they do that twice in a row. I just don't see that happening. But Detroit is on a tailspin of its own um, and just mm-hmm. not playing the kind of football we used to seeing from them either. So, you know, Stafford isn't getting the job done. Look, let's face it, he's down to right now Galladay and, and, and Elton as their his you know two wide receivers, and you got Riddick as the guys that catch the ball there. That's what you get got to work with. Not a lot easy to shut down for a defense. Why does Matthew Stafford get much more respect, more love, and a longer leash than say Andy Dalton? Why is he just why is he thought of as better than some of these other quarterbacks like an Andy Dalton, like a Ryan Tannehill, for example? You know, what has Matthew Stafford done to earn like a different tier of respect? Well, what he's done is, is throw the ball a lot more than any of them in the past. Okay. Um, because they've started to establish a running game, we've seen his numbers come down as far as attempts. But if you look at past seasons, he was throw, always throwing the ball more than 40 times, sometimes into the 50s, and that's what the kind of volume he needed to put up good fantasy points. Was he a great NFL quarterback at that point? No, he really wasn't, but he was putting up good fantasy points. And, you know, as fantasy owners, that's all we care about. Yeah, but do you think, like you said, do you think, you know, this was in the the Jim Bob Cooter kind of era. Now you know Patricia wants to do, uh, he wants to play a little bit differently, right? So as we spin it forward, I used to always think, Jim, I used to always think that Matt Stafford and Phillip Rivers were my two reasons that I would wait on quarterback going into fantasy drafts. I don't think Stafford fits in that category anymore. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. I, I, look, I, I've been telling people since week five, he shouldn't even be on a roster anymore hmm. uh, just because he's not throwing enough to, to warrant it. If he's not getting those big amount of pass attempts, he's very hard to count on. You're looking at a guy who's going to throw in the low 200s, and you're lucky if he throws multiple touchdowns. So, yeah, I, I've been saying that all year, and he has been nowhere near a starting lineup or shouldn't have been for, for weeks now easily, even if you did still enjoy him. Yeah, absolutely. And there, like you said, you mentioned the names. You know, you got Theo Riddick really, in essence, playing the Golden Tate role since they moved on from Golden Tate. And Kenny Galladay, the breakout story. It would be, it would be so nice, Galladay. This is a guy who going into the season was the number three wideout on his team. Many experts, I know I was, I know the King Scott Angle was. I know a lot of people were on Galladay, and he's now a top 15 wide receiver. Um, I think, you know, he's going to continue continue to see a dramatic target share for the rest of the season, right, Jim? Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about it. I, I mean, he didn't have the greatest of days today, but that's, you know, I, I don't know. It's going to be hard to see that, but he added, you know, going against some tough uh, tough matchup there for him. Uh, yeah. I, is he matchup that most week? He's not matchup. Because I mentioned they got Arizona next week, right? So if Patrick right. Peterson Patrick is following Peterson, him around, gonna are you going to still ride out Kenny Galladay? Probably not. Not against really? Patrick Peterson. Yeah. I, look, it's a combination of Patrick Peterson and Stafford is the reason why. Because I just okay. don't think Stafford is playing his best football right now. A lot of his passes are not where they're supposed to be. Uh, it doesn't seem like the accuracy is there. So with all of that in play, and then you add Patrick Peterson on top of it, mm. I'm not saying I, I really like Kenny Galladay next week. 
All right. I mean, like, listen, I, I, I agree with you on all of your conceptual points. I just think like, okay, so I won't have him in any of my DFS lineups, but you know, I could see downgrading him from a wide out two to like a wide out three, but I'm still going right. to have him and in my that's starting all I'm lineup. Saying. Oh, okay. That's okay. all I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not saying he's okay. a guy that you're definitely not going to play just because of opportunity, you know, and the fact that we know he can catch the ball. He's going to get plenty of chances each and every week. I'm just saying you got to temper expectations when you go up against a guy like Patrick. Peterson. Gotcha. Um, so we've been talking mostly about NFC teams so far here, Jim. And I got to tell you, the team I think that did the best for themselves today in the NFC, obviously on Thursday it was Dallas. We'll see who does it tomorrow. But the team that did the best for themselves, in my opinion, in the NFC today are Scotty Seattle Seahawks. They are right in it. Nobody in the NFC North wanted to win. We already saw the Saints lose. We know what Dallas is doing. But uh, the NFC East will take a big step tomorrow night, but the Seattle Seahawks get a 43-16 to win against the lowly 49ers. And Jim, here's what I'm thinking. Here's the part that's so crazy to me. The Seahawks put up 43 points, yet Russell Wilson completes 11 passes and they run something like what, Jim? I don't know, maybe like 43 plays in total? How, like, square these things for me. These are not stats that are supposed to correlate to one another. No, they really aren't. He is, uh, I mean, I don't know if you could even be more efficient than Russell Wilson's been <laughs> this year with his touchdown you know, percentage. Uh, it, it's just amazing. Uh, like you said, 11 completions, four of them touchdowns. Just unbelievable. And it's not the first game he's done like this. Right. He's had a few others where he's thrown three touchdowns and, you know, 13 completions. Look, Nick Mullins went out and had the game of his career, albeit yeah. in garbage time. What gets? works for NFL and what works for fantasy are two it's very only, different things at times. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I mean, if you were sitting there in a GPP today with Nick Mullins, you were happy as hell. 414 yards, sure. two touchdowns, an interception. But, you know, great, great game for him just playing from behind. Fantasy owners love garbage time. Absolutely. Just, we just love. We'll take as much garbage time as we got. We thought we were getting garbage time with Cohen today and turned out to be them tying the game and t- sending it into overtime. Uh, eventually, they did end up losing stupid Giants. Um, yeah, well. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, it, garbage time is great for fantasy. We love, we'll take as much garbage mm-hmm. time as we can. And, you know, Seattle, absolutely. Seattle is just playing very good right now. And defense is even playing better. Yeah. Uh, if this team can, can could keep playing this well, even yeah, if schedule's uh, not it, incredibly hard either, right? Yeah, no, it, it, it's all signs. They got San Francisco again. Yeah. So let me ask you this for fantasy side, uh, you know, Jim, because this thing, right, you know, uh, Russell Wilson threw 11 passes. I mean, completed 11 passes, like four of them are touchdowns, right? And so I have this back and forth with Scott, and it's hard for me to talk to Scott about the Seahawks anyway, as I'm sure you know, right? But then what does this mean? How do I treat these Seahawks wide receivers going forward, right? Like Doug Baldwin has been a shell of himself you know, all season long. Yes, Tyler Lockett. I think I even hopped on Frenzy once with you when a listener had a, call, a question about Tyler Lockett. And I'm concerned about Tyler Lockett because there's no volume in the pass game. But he's going to catch a bomb and get your, get his <laughs> points. But, like, can you trust this every day, like every week? Can you trust this efficiency from the pass catchers of Seattle? Um, no. I, I mean, Lockett – you, you, every week you you think it's going to come to an end that he's not going right. to score that week. You know, it's just how can he keep up this pace? And, and then Russell you know, plays schoolyard football and it works <laughs> for a seven-point play in the end of the third quarter. 
But that's always been his best game is when he plays schoolyard football. Are you going to bank on that week 14 with your team in a win-or-go-home scenario in the playoffs? I'll, I'll bank on Russell Wilson. I'm not sure I bank on the wide receivers. I'm I'm sure Russell Wilson to get it done because he just does, and you know he'll do what he has to do to get it done. And, you know, not always to fantasy's you know relevancy, but yeah, I I've always been a fan of Russell Wilson, so I, I guess I do have bias that way. I like him as a quarterback. I mm-hmm. think he's one of the smartest quarterbacks in the league, and you know they keep trying to put you know, almost like blinders on him and stuff and tell him not to run and not to do this and that. I, I think that's all part of his game. You got to let him do what he does to really get the, the full efficiency of Russell Wilson. But you can't can't put it past what he's doing throwing the touchdowns. He's making sure he's getting the end zone every stinking week. And he just keeps yep. doing it and keeps doing it and keeps doing it. So, I, yeah, I have no problem starting him. Would I rely on these wide receivers come playoff time? Man, that's tough. Lockett, of course, gets the nod just because, what, now nine touchdowns on the season. Uh, Baldwin, like you said, very hard to trust him. Mm-hmm. Hasn't been getting it. His knees definitely look bulky again. And that was like two weeks after it looked like he was finally healthy. Uh, right. All of a sudden, it's back to him looking hobbled again. Yeah, it's very hard to trust him. I don't know if I could count on him going into the playoffs. So talk to me then about if this team is going to run the ball more than any other team in the NFL. Talk to me about these running backs, Jim. Chris Carson goes, exits the game today with a finger injury. You know, committee is like the worst word in all of fantasy. You got Chris Carson there. He had 13 carries for 69 yards. The kid Rashad Penny, who Seahawks fans have been waiting for, you've seen some bursts. He gets into the end zone as a 20-yard run has 65 yards, you know, and there's, listen, and Mike Davis still getting four carries. So talk to me. I know it's very early to talk about the injury and and what that means for Carson, but are you believing in any parts of this committee moving forward? Well, I I do in in the fact that they are the most rushing team in the league. They rush the most, Mm -hmm. um, you know, most attempts at rushing. So that's always a positive sign. I think they want to continue to get Penny more involved. This injury may give them that way. Right. Um, If the injury is anything where he's going to miss any amount of time, then I I like Penny going forward. Davis is still going to get some touches here and there. And if he gets really hot at the start of a game, could he take it over? Absolutely. We've seen him do it. But I think they really want to start – putting their faith in Penny and really getting him involved. We know, you know, the tragic start to the season for him didn't work. Right. Uh, came in out of, uh, you know, overweight and all that kind of crap. But, you know, he looked good today. He was running strong today, it, even if say, it was only seven attempts. Let's say Carson does miss, say, the next game, right? Penny is probably going to be grabbed on waivers. Would you take Penny in that scenario because the Seahawks run the ball more? Would you take Penny in that scenario over, say, a Josh Adams? a Peyton Barber? I'd take him over Peyton Barber. I'm not a fan of Peyton Barber. Never okay. have. Um, you know, he, he's had a couple of good games lately. He scored again today. Good, yep. you know, good for him. But he, he's never been consistent, never been the guy they expected. But you'd plug uh, Penny in right away with your season on the line in that scenario, mostly because of the Seahawks. Right, because of their offensive, the way they run their offense. Yes, I would. 
All right, fair enough. On the other side of the things, you talked about Nick Mullins. Listen, those 414 yards work just the same in the box score if you are a fantasy or DFS owner of him. The one guy that I want to continue to tip my cap to on this team, Jim, is George Kittle. I mean, my man continues to just do work. You know, six for 70 today, not necessarily his best game, but the fact that he settled in to be such a reliable option, I think is really a credit to him, second-year guy out of Iowa. Real quick, Jim, going forward, you would rather have you would start Kittle over Gronk moving forward, yeah? Oh, absolutely. Kittle, yeah. you know, he's their number one receiver at this point, especially with Garcon still out, Goodwin's still out. Um, he, he's been their number one receiver for basically the whole year. Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. That, you have to get him involved. Absolutely. absolutely crazy. You may have used a third-round pick on a guy like Rob Gronkowski and George Kittle and Eric Ebron are outperforming him at the tight end position. When we come back at the top of the next hour, we reach the rest of headlines, and we go to the AFC games. It's Fantasy Football Rewind. Jim and Dan.